Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Gridslot Gather Racing Podcast. You're joined by Tucson 0208, myself. Me, Tiger Assassin. And me, X Natty G. And winter is here, everybody. It's the beginning of the Gather Racing off-season. But don't worry, we here at the podcast will still be keeping you up to date with any new new news and events that happen around here at Gavra, as well as our opinions on the real world of motorsport. In fact, most of the race is being over. Now it gives us a chance to talk more about real-world motorsports. So if you did like that part of the podcast, it's going to be coming back. So we're going to kick things straight off with my section, Project Cars 2, and the Renault Megane Trophy final round at Spa-Francorchamps. Uh, we had Javier Rand taking pole position again. I know, again, guys, <laughs> he's done it again. Oh, Man, no, not fast. another one. <laughs> <laughs> not uh, he took pole position again by 1.2 seconds stuff from Javier there. Uh, took it, as I just said, by 1.2 seconds from Becerra in third and faster rounded up the top three. And his Spanish shot here at Gavra really seemed to love the Renault Megans because it was an all-Spanish top five for the final round of the season. So there you go. Uh, during the race, we had all drivers cleanly away into turn one at the source. Cypher uh, and Krazer, oh, Cypher capitalized, sorry, on Krazer and Randalux having a battle with a double overtake and making their own mistakes. Natty, how did you, how do you think they did it? So yeah, it was a good mo- uh, good overtake from him. Obviously, when two cars are battling, they will be going at a slightly slower pace, obviously taking different lines, one drive on the inside, one on the outside. And they're obviously both aware of where they were. Uh, good. It was really good driving skill from uh, Cypher Knight to capitalise to laying end. Obviously, he was aware of those who possibly being at a slower, spa- uh, slower speed and was able to, cap- to capitalise on that battle and just put the car in the right place on track and get the move done. Yeah, thanks for the insight. As an early on in the race, we had five cars really nose to tail. I mean, Tiger, as a driver, how do you think that, how easy is it to keep your focus when you're that close to each other for such an extended amount of time? Um, it, yeah, sometimes it can be quite difficult, especially, you know, you're trying to urge to get past that person, but you've got to be, you've got to be careful that you don't go into the back of the person in front and, uh, and yeah, you just gotta you gotta try and keep as much concentration as you can, but also you know try and have that that urge and that determination to try and get past the uh, past the driver in front. All right, yeah, thanks. There's a corner that caused problems in both the Renault Megane and the Genetic Evolution race was Malmody, or otherwise known as Turn Seven. A very big accident happened there between Toby and Duke Martin. It looked like they just came together on the exit there on the exit curb. I think maybe Toby got a bit of oversteer on the inside or something like that and he just came across the track and unfortunately took Duke Martin with him there but we'll come to that again later because there's quite a big crash at the beginning of the Genetta Evolution race but moving on through the race a King Quinn with a lovely dive bomb on Krazer into the Fania chicane I'm going to say it again it was clean cutthroat and deadly love that thank you Daniel Ricardo to any race engineer <laughs> Um, yeah, so King Quinn with a lovely dive bomb there on Krazer, and Becerra made his way past Cypher Knight for eighth place in the closing stages of the race. But carrying on with that damage for Toby, he had a heavy damage on the front end of his car, um, possibly as, as a result from that um, contact, but possibly from something else as well. But he was really struggling to get to the end, but very good of him to soldier on and get through the rest of the race that he didn't just uh, give up. So, you know, shows the fighting spirit there. Uh, Javier Rans then capped off the championship win with a 100% pole to win record. A 100% oh my days. So, you know, eight races, eight poles, eight wins. So there you go. 
if you're looking for a, <laughs> the ideal season, there it is. They say no driver, you know, wins every race, but I guess have you proved them wrong? <laughs> I mean, no other driver really came close to him at like, any point this season, really. He's finished 41 seconds ahead of the opposition <sighs> at Spa. That <laughs> yeah, man is 41. quick. Exactly. Nearly, well, I guess, nearly a second a minute, if we're going to do it like that. I think it was an hour and a, hour and a long race. Hour and a long race, yeah. Um, massive congratulations to him, and nice to see the donuts at the end of the race. Thanks for that, mate. Uh, Aguilator and GTS rounded off the podium, and we hope to see all of you back next season for the Renner McGann. That's going to conclude for the final time, Renner McGann trophy. I'm going to move on to the Janetta Evolution, which, unlike the Renner McGann, actually had a bit of a title showdown around the same track, also at Spa, final round. So Lonnie, who has taken the last three wins and the last three poles on the bounce, made it four in a row, uh, taking his fourth pole position alongside Besser, who lined up, lined up second, and Mark Hose, uh, Lonnie's HLB racing teammate, started in third. So there's a big title showdown then between Lonnie and Delavan. I believe that had Lonnie failed to win, had Delavan won, Lonnie needed to finish in fourth position to win the championship. I'm not sure how it was the other way around, but I know those were the title permutations. I said that right. <laughs> there was a clean start into turn one, and they charged up the hill towards Radion. Uh, Besser then took the lead, once again, just like in Silverstone, if you remember when he swooped around the outside into the lead. He likes to get the lead early on, apparently, but Lonnie did manage to get him back later on. But on the first lap as well, we had a massive crash in the exit of Malmody, also known as Turn 7. It's nearly identical to the Renner McGann trophy, but one thing that maybe distanced it from the other crash was that it was on the first lap. So, you know, there's a lot of cars still coming through Lacombe and through that sequence of corners, and then, boom, there's a car on the apex. So <laughs> it's not great or the easiest thing to avoid. We had a very a sort of similar thing happen in the Freshman League Tiger uh, from the between Pepelec and Holland Campion before the third or second safety car, I think it was. Uh, but can you just tell us what happened there and how it can relate to the freshman league incident? Yeah, it looks very similar to what happened in the freshman. Both drivers come around the same corner, wheel to wheel, and they both went both off into the, the same grass and both hit the same wall. And I think one of the one of the cars went spinning round. And then, uh, yeah, as he came back around the, uh, the hairpin at the end, he just too early on the power, obviously, because... His tyres probably would have been very warm as he uh, was spinning around there. So he was just he was just a bit too much on the throttle, and it's it span his car around after that as well. But yeah, it was a it was very similar in terms of the incident that happened in the freshman league, and uh, and yeah, it ended up in uh, quite a few cars hitting the wall and uh, and spinning around there. Yeah, as a consequence of that, GJ had massive, massive damage on the front left. His light was out. I think he had a lot of suspension damage as well. But it looked like he was really struggling with the race. GJ DM, who also races in the Gran Turismo Sport Championship, he had a bit of trouble with some snap-over steer, it looks like. But he was really, really struggling around Spa. He hit the wall again at the same corner, ironically enough. Although he was kind of an innocent bystander in that first, in that first yeah. by the carnage. but. Yeah, still looked like he was struggling quite a lot with that car and that track. But either way, David then was making his way up through the field quite quickly. And by lap seven, already up into sixth position from his starting point. And then Lonnie managed to take the win as well as the championship. As well as David, who did made an excellent recovery into second place. who's sixth after lap seven. So showing ex excellent pace there. Uh, but yeah, Lonnie 
did take the win in the championship away from Delavan. So Delavan was also our GT3 champion this season. So denying him a, a second championship here at Gabba Racing, I guess. But well done to Lonnie and well done to all of the drivers. You've all performed, you know, exceptionally well this season. Uh, hopefully next season we'll have the podcast running straight from the start of the season so we can keep you up to date with all the championship standings and fights uh, as they go on. But as we only had two races in Project Cars this week, my section is over. Now I'm going to hand over to ex Natty G, who's going to take you through Gran Turismo Sport this week. Hello, everyone. Uh, Thursday was the ninth round of the GT Sport League that took place at the Fuji International Speedway Circuit. But, and uh, just like last week, we're going to start off in qualifying, where Playduchi took his fifth pole position out of five races. Out of the five races that he's raced in, that is. So, big congratulations to him. Only by eight hundredths, though, over Tobster, uh, who's showing some really quick pace in his Honda NSX, which is not the easiest car to drive. Uh, but not much actually happened in qualifying. All the drivers kept it relatively clean, and there was actually a really close, uh, really close in the midfield. All the drivers qualifying. I think only a few tenths between maybe fourth and eighth or ninth. So it was really close between those guys. And uh, in some cases, only a few hundred, uh, hundreds and a few thousands separating some of the other drivers. But uh, moving on to the start of the race, uh, most of the drivers were clean into turn one. However, on the exit of the corner, Oreo and the Mercedes lost the rear of the car on the curb and unfortunately span off into the path of Woody and both of those drivers took a little bit of damage and I believe both made pit stops on the first lap to get that repaired. And uh, on the fir- first opening laps, though, proved to be very entertaining with thrilling battles for second place between Tiger, Toussaint and Tobster. Most of the overtakes being made down at turn one in down the 1.5 kilometer straight, as well as the chicane down at turn eight, nine and ten. At one point, it was actually three wide going down this straight. And the only time we... The last time we saw a three-wide moment was at Monza. That was another thrilling race. Uh, but my question for you two, saying is what actually goes through a driver's mind when battling and going three-wide down the straights? Don't crash. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, if I could actually give a little bit of context to that, because uh, I think cause Tiger tried to go for a move down the inside at the final corner. I think it was Tiger at the end of the first lap on top. Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so what that meant is that Tiger then had a bad or well, worse exit than I did because I took the conventional line. Obviously, he's going for an overtake, so that's kind of what happens. But then I was able to get in the slipstream of Tobster, and I pulled to the inside, and I had my radar up at this point. If you look at my um, personal stream, which I'll try and find the link to, maybe put it down below. Uh, if you look at it from my point of view, I've got my radar up, and I go alongside Tobster, like you can just see an arrow swerving in the back. And I'm like, is he gonna is he gonna go for this? And I see him goes to the internet. I'm like, oh my, this is not gonna corner. And you're thinking, where can I get the other two out and get this position done? Uh, I managed to just get it done, I think. But yeah, it's pretty hair raising, I'm sure, for you lot up in the uh, commentary box. But for me, it was a bit. You're always gonna try and keep calm in those um, scenarios because the second you start panicking, there's the second you make mistakes. So. And uh, with you, Tiger, you were battling with two Saint for pretty much the whole race. Uh, what was it like battling with him towards the end of the race? Um, no, it was really enjoyable. It gave the, the race a lot of uh, 
a lot of excitement. I tried it down the inside on the final corner a few times. The door was slammed shut on my face, though, by him. But, okay. Uh, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll move we'll move by that one. But uh, no, it was a it was a brilliant battle between us two. And uh, I was sat behind him actually for quite a few laps because I was conserving fuel myself. Like, cause I thought I'd over I thought I'd underfueled quite a bit. But uh, I was saving fuel a little bit, so I was I was behind him, and I wasn't going for any overtakes, just trying to use the slipstream, you know. And uh, I was I, in my mind, I was going, "Come on, T set." I was like, "Get get moving," because I wanted us both to catch up to Tobster, so we could both have another three way battle. But uh, no, I had a, a, a brilliant battle with him, and uh, and yeah, it was a, it, it was a really enjoyable race in the end, and that three wide moment was uh, probably the 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 highlight of the race. But uh, I got. I got quite bullied at the start though, because I went three wide reviews, and then suddenly I suddenly dropped so far back after that battle. I don't know what happened that I got in a battle with Holland and Duke, and then I had to battle with them two, and then I managed to get past back past Holland, and then I managed to catch back up to Tuesday and Tobster. But it's just that the, the start of that race was probably one of the most hectic of the. Uh, uh, probably one of the most hectic of the season, to be fair. It was actually a really, really, really good race. Definitely. And uh, looking at the midfield of the race, there was a really good battle between Metboy, uh, who was replacing Jojo Power in the Audi, uh, Simiba and Cryptic. They were all battling for seventh place in the race, and it's good to see lots of clean, fair racing between those guys. Really good moves into f- turn, uh, turn one, another common place for overtaking. Turn eight to nine... Another commonplace that those guys were overtaking each other. Um, but come to the end of the race, played Dutchie, made it five five races, five poles, and five race wins. I wonder if anyone can actually stop that man in the uh, the GT Sport. We'll just have to find out. Uh, Tobster was able to defend his two, uh, second place, and it was actually Tiger in the end who was able to get third place. And the fastest lap of the race went to play Dutchie. But that's all from the GT Sport race, and uh, I now hand over to your F1 commentator, Tiger Assassin. Oh, uh, thank you, Exadi, and two Saints. So um, the only league that we have running at the what we did have running at the moment was the Golden Crown. But I'm going to speak about both Golden Crown races. Going to speak about last uh, Sunday's uh, Sochi race, and then the Sunday that's just gone, uh, the race in brazil so uh in the in the, the such race we had a, a a lot of a drama in the first race on the first corner it was a big crash between jetsy and jutsy both of them just they seemed to go wheel to wheel uh down the straight and then they suddenly just both swerved left you and you guys will know what it is you know the first court the quite the high speed first corner in sochi which is like yeah, the drs zone yeah they both seemed to just swerve left instead of going right into that corner they went left and then he came straight back across the track and there was uh, there was a, a lot of damage to uh, quite a lot of the cars but uh, further into the race the uh, the pole sitter uh, but Quasboy who who I'll get onto later but was showing a lot of pace towards the end of the season uh, had a great battle with uh, you Nanny who were, you were the current championship leader at the time for uh, many laps in that race but towards the end somehow I, I don't even know how there was a huge battle there was like a battle for like third or something between like greg stern i think there was a, i can't remember who else was a jetsy and jutsy were in there i believe but mm. then you and the quasboy up front now you were having a battle but in the end 
Gregster run, won that race on penalties. Natty, you came, was it second or was it third? I cannot remember now. Uh, third, third in that Third one. it was, yeah. And, uh, I believe, and uh, yeah, and then Quasboy came all the way down in sixth place. So he had tons of penalties. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was the end of the first race in Sochi. There was tons of battles. I recommend go watching that race back. It was really, really good. But uh, the second race in Sochi, Quasboy got pole again. And uh, this time there wasn't a, uh, a a bigger battle into turn one. It was down in turn two, the uh, the the tight right hander where uh, Edme just seemed to just go diving it down the inside and uh, in the Alfa Romeo and went hit into Gregster. So um, wasn't great for Gregster in the second race, but uh, at the end of um, at the end of that, but throughout the whole of that race, sorry, uh, Natty, you started in last. And you made your way from last to first. You did a two-saint two style comeback uh, in that race. Um, brilliant, uh, brilliant performance. But uh, yeah, that, that managed to give you a huge points gap over, uh, over I think it was like a 39-point gap, I believe it was, um, over Jetsy. Uh, over Jetsy was in second, and then there was a bigger points gap to Jutsi in uh third place but uh dan schneider was in championship contention but he had a he didn't have the greatest of weekend in russia so that put him out of championship contention and now in brazil uh natty again you just the highlight of the the weekend league um as we said a 39 point lead so i believe you only needed about five points was it i think it was to to win it. it it was something yeah, like that. I think it was about five points from the two races to get the title. So it was a pretty easy job um, for you. But Quasboy, uh, pretty, pretty easy. He only needed five points out of two races. I mean, you know, that's, it only needed to do was finish there decent enough in the points. But Quasboy, uh, another dominant performance uh, in both races, got Paul comfortably in both races and won both races comfortably. So well done to him. Brilliant, dominant performance from him. But the first race, you saw many, many battles. There was teamwork battles going on between the two McLarens. I think they were they were they were had the McLaren Red Bull sandwich on someone, I believe, and they were just you know the one one person was defending, allowing the McLaren to attack, and I believe that happened in the second race as well with the with the Williams team, but. Uh, we saw Natty again, highlight of these races, started from ninth on the mediums. So uh, you had a lot of uh, chasing to do through the midfield. But uh, in the end, after an amazing performance and uh, a, a different strategy to the drivers, you ended up getting second after a photo finish with Dan Snyder. Could you tell us exactly what happened and how you came to that decision on the strategy and how you were able to get up into second place in the end? Uh, so I was considering starting on the medium since the start of the race because I'd done the, a similar thing when I started last uh, the previous week in Russia and was able to make up so much time to the drivers on when I was on the soft tyres. So I, just, I, I was planning on starting on the mediums, but then I looked at the weather and then it was actually due to rain at the end of the race. So I was thinking if I can stretch these mediums out to, you know, the, when the rain is going to come, I can just pit straight onto intermediates and not have to make another stop uh, pit stop for softs. And then we got into the race, and then I'm looking at you know the MFG and the strategy, and then 
it had two bars of heavy rain and then one bar of light rain at the end. So I was thinking, okay, it's definitely going to rain with like the last five, maybe six laps to go in this race. So starting on the mediums helped. Obviously, the first few laps were a bit tricky with the dry, other drivers being on fresh softs compared to mediums. Uh, but then, obviously, I, I stretched those mediums out. As you saw, I went all the way to lap 16 with them. But the rain didn't come down, so I had two laps to put in pr pretty much two qualifying laps on the softs, knock it up into hot lap, and then that was that enabled me to get the straight line speed on the straights over Dan Schneider and uh, finish ahead of him by three hundredths in the end. Um, but yeah, no, it was uh, the rain at the end. It really, if that had been a fifty percent race, Natty, that 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 um that strategy would have been perfect for you. I think if if it was a fifty percent race, but obviously it was a twenty five percent. So there was only about two laps remaining. So the game did not, uh, you, the game did not need you to uh to pay obviously for the inters. It wasn't uh wet enough on track, uh to do so. But into the second uh race here. Uh, where uh, on lap two we saw, uh, oh, sorry, no, we're just finishing off the first race. I've skipped too far ahead here. But uh, on uh, lap two we saw uh, Ray Fizz have a, a big crash which caused a, uh, a, a virtual safety car which uh, made a few people uh, pit. But um, after that first race, Bequaz Boy did win. But uh, big news, actually, as... Uh, we have crowned two champions at the end of that, two weekend league champions, one for constructors, which uh, in the end, the McLaren won the constructors championship to well done to them. But uh, the driver champion, as you probably can already guess who it was, it was Xadi yourself. So well done to you for winning the weekend league championship. And um, it was a dominant performance all season from you. Um, but Quas Boy gave you a little bit of a, um, a run for your money at the end. Uh, Winning, uh, everything was off nearly three races in a row, so it was uh, well done to him. But uh, how are you feeling on that, Natty, in terms of uh, you winning the championship, mate? Well, I I was confident at the start, and then obviously I got the two podiums in the first races of Australia, and then Spain was a little bit of a dodgy one for me. But then I just got back into the rhythm. Obviously, it feels it feels just like I I I didn't think I was going to do it at the start of the season. But it's all about building the confidence, you know. You get that podium and you're like, you want to push on for your more wins, more podiums. And then I think the main thing that was that led me to the top of this championship was just being consistent all season. And if you look at my results, I only had probably one dodgy result and that was the second race of Spain. But I think the other drivers, because like this whole, the whole weekend league is so competitive and there's so many drivers that have matched on speed and pace. That you know, finishing first and finishing all the way down in like sixth or seventh is obviously a big points difference. But just being consistent, just being consistently up top is what I think allowed me to uh, get the championship. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just great, obviously. And um, thank you to all the drivers to, for the amazing season. Yeah, it was it was a really actually a really really good season. It was a really good league as well. It was. Uh... It was actually actually a really really good league, and uh, the drivers very competitive, very clean, and uh, in the end, you managed to win it. But uh, there was another race after that. We did not just end it after Natty won the the championship. There was a another race afterwards. Uh, so many overtakes in that one as well. Too many, 
to talk about. So if you want to go and watch it, the uh, the Brazil Weekend League race should be online on the Gava Racing YouTube channel very, very soon. But uh, in the second race, Bacuaz Boy got pole and won that race again. That was absolutely the dominant performance from him. He had so much pace. But uh, and I, I, I've got to say, this is this next bit was was quite astonishing. There was a huge crash. I mean, like it was like a, a humongous crash. Uh, it was massive. But the uh, absolute eleven in the Williams, the car flipped. Now that is rare in like in. It's rare in F1, but it's also it's really really rare in the F1 game. He somehow managed to flip the the uh, the Williams. I don't. Did you were you able to see it, Natty? Did you I see got it happen? The or? perfect view of it. <laughs> what happened? You, so, you said I know you saw the aftermath of it, but Natty, what what happened in terms of because that I, I thought I'd ask you because it was honestly that was an astonishing crash. He, he genuinely that that Williams flipped. I don't know. I can't remember what drivers were involved because I I came through turn four, turn five, and then in front of me, I see a Ferrari, uh, like I, I see a Ferrari and a Williams. I think maybe going side by side. I can't quite remember. And then I I see a contact between two. I think the Williams and another driver. The Williams has span, and then another person's T boned him, collected him, and he's gone spinning, <laughs> flying, and just he's done his own separate thing. Flipped. I, me and Joe were stunned. Like it was, it was huge. Like if if you want to go watch back, I think I just caught it on the right hand side of the screen of the car mid roll as it was upside down. The Williams that uh, upside down there, but it was a, it was an it was a crazy crash and uh, it was it was an amazing race. Both of those races were amazing. The whole season was. But uh, just quickly at the end, I'd like to thank all of the drivers across all of the F1 leagues for. Uh, you know, racing and giving everyone such a good show from the academy to the Super League, you know, all the, the freshmen and the, the Premier drivers, the weekend league drivers and, uh, you know, any of the drivers. So just thank you, you know, so much for uh, for racing. And uh, yeah, and, you know, thank you to the uh, Gavras admin team in the F1 and across all of the leagues as well. And thank you to the main man. Gavra himself for you know making this all possible and having us giving us such enjoyable racing but the f1 races were brilliant i enjoyed commentating them i'm sure you guys enjoyed watching them as well but uh thank you to everyone and now i'm gonna hand back over to to Sain as we're gonna move on to the next section and he will explain a little bit about that Indeed we are. So for this week, we've continued the trend from last week's so also We're not going to have a driver interview this week because F1 is finally back, everybody. Woo! After, after over 200 days, as you can tell, Tiger is happy. We finally had the Austrian Grand Prix, which took place at the Red Bull Ring. But just to echo what uh, Tiger said before, so a big thank you to everyone who has participated in Gabba Racing this this season, as well as the commentators and stuff like that as well. Uh, we will do our best to bring you guys great action, you know, kind of lift the mood a little bit during quarantine. But um, yeah, big thanks to everyone. But we're going to go on to the Austrian Grand Prix. We're going to start with qualifying Ferrari. <laughs> um, oh, dear. Um, now, I... yeah, that's a good word. Oh dear, <laughs> I like yeah. that's a good way to describe it. Now, I didn't watch qualifying live. Uh, I was working, but I came back and I, I watched my brother and my dad who had seen it before while I was at work. And um, I was in Q two, and I was saying, surely 
Fettel comes around the final corner with some extra quality mode and, you know, goes into like second or something or gets out of the bottom five. Uh, I see Vettel around the final corner and he's about nine tenths down. And I'm like, okay, he's in trouble, but it should be all right. But then I see in the drop zone, Albon was still there because he had an, uh, something went wrong with him on, on his first flying yeah. lap. And I, and then you just see that Leclerc is 10th and Vettel's been knocked out of Q2. And I had, I just had, I had no word. I was like, surely not. I, I, I mean, the race wasn't much better, guys. I don't know what you thought about it. I mean, I'm, I mean, from the trying to say, it was gonna, it was, I'm not saying it was gonna happen, but I'm not just in terms of Ferrari, but in terms of the whole race. What happened in the race in terms of car performance and car reliability was going to happen because it was the first race of the season they'd be they'd be gone for however long you know what i mean it was it was it, it was bound for something like that to happen and they're gonna have teething problems and you know it was it was the first race but ferrari it was that was not even i mean i wouldn't even call that teething problems that was just a major problem <laughs> just a major humongous problem that was like <sighs> To be that far, like they weren't, they were, they, they, wait, they weren't faster than they would, they, well, they, on, they were faster in the, on the straights than Mercedes. We all knew that from the last couple of seasons, but in the corners and on most tracks, Mercedes were faster. We knew that, but that race, Mercedes would just, would, would, there's no words it was, they were, they were very, they were very, very quick, like too, too fast, but. Also, very nice for us Mercedes fans, but uh, um, All right, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, the, that Ferrari pace was was shocking. It was just it was shocking. I don't know what. Yeah, do you have an opinion, Natty? Well, it's it's interesting when you you hear the likes of Ferrari, and then if like let's say you're new to Formula One, you think Ferrari going to be a big team. You've watched last season, maybe, and you see. Vettel, Leclerc battling, Bottas, Lewis, Max, and then you see them coming to Austrian Grand Prix, the the hype to see whether Lewis will get his seventh world champion and who's going to stop him. And then watching Leclerc and Vettel qualifying seventh and eleventh. It's actually, uh, it, from a, Ferrari's pan, uh, a Ferrari fan point of view, it's kind of, you, you, it's something you just can't get your head around. Obviously, we, Carlos Sainz, with his contract to Ferrari, he's probably like, "Oh dear, what what have I done?" Ferrari, <laughs> if Ferrari don't up their game, then well, who knows? But maybe it's... Go on. we might see a change in the twenty twenty two regulations. You never know; they might have a massive, you know, surprise that they're not showing us. And who knows the history, the future for Ferrari? It's just be such a frustrating experience for Ferrari fans. Like you know that you have the biggest budget on the grid and probably some of the best engineers in the world and but, but for some reason something just isn't clicking and it's just and, and this yeah, car something. has been this is probably the worst car that so, ferrari have made since 2016 something seemed something seemed really like off like it's something didn't seem right and it, what, what's going to be interesting is this is i believe they're getting are they getting new what is it they're getting new for the hungary Grand Prix. They're basically getting a B spec car for Hungary, as uh, reports from Italy suggest, and we all know oh, how yeah. liable those are. But <laughs> in the world of motorsport, massive um, overhaul of the current 
design philosophy of the car i think i think that's yeah. what that's what reports seem to seem to indicate hopefully that will help them get back on par with I mean, you know, where they they'll, should be but you know they turned up with the... they'll look a bit stupid if they turn up and they don't do better to be fair well, yeah i mean I mean, they, they I mean it's not it's not it's not great when Charles Leclerc goes, We're not we don't have the pace that we did last season when he comes into his interview. It's just not you already know it's mm-hmm. not gonna be great at that point. Yeah, I mean it was really good of Charles Leclerc to get second in the end during the race, but I think Ferrari have turned up with the deepest pockets here and the fifth fastest car, so something's gone very badly wrong <laughs> behind very the wrong. scenes. So uh moving on into the race, we had many, many retirements. It was nearly half the field um, retired, half the field still mm-hmm. raced. He had nine retirements and 11 finishes. But I think, as Tiger suggested before, that's probably just teething problems. You know, the teams haven't run since, well, winter testing com- well, com- semi-competitively. Oh, I uh, think... Just leave it at that. And, you know, uh, we had a... Probably still tres- stress testing um, things like that. Yeah. So that's probably I, I think also, that. I think also they were saying about because I know I think we might get onto this, but uh, in terms of that track and they were on about the curbs and how the curbs are really damaging the car. There was a lot of engine problems, a lot of gearbox problems. I believe I believe both hasses went out with. Well, I think one has went out with brake. I think it was a brake disc failure. Yeah. I can't remember what the other house went out for, it was but also brake failure. Was it? But did both well. break this failures there? Yeah. So it, it's just teething problems, really. I think. I think next season we might see. I reckon next season we might. Next season, next next week. Sorry, this weekend we'll see a uh, we'll see a completely different race. I think. Yeah. Well, hopefully for us Hamilton fans. But um, anyway, the Mercedes DAS system or dual axis dual axis steering system. Some people saying it should be called DASS, uh, proved legal and uh, after a Red Bull protest on the Friday, I believe it was. But uh, to take you through that a little bit, I've done a little bit of digging around, a little bit of research, and um, I found that the two grounds that Red Bull were protesting over were due to the fact that the suspension arm is not due is not meant to be changed at any point during the race, and I believe there was something about the steering not being to actually steer the car if you're talking if you get what i'm saying like you're not meant to be able to the steering rack's meant to do one thing turn the car and those are the two grounds that they disputed it on the how mercedes defended it was that because the das affects the toe in and out angle of the tires when you change the toe in angle the pitch of the car does actually change so they were arguing that the das then does help the car steer and so it's legal and yeah i think that was the main ground where they battled red bull on and that's why it was deemed legal by the fia so nice to see that the fia coming down on the side of um innovation but what that for me when i saw that red bull protest for me that means that i think red bull have some kind of das system or something similar to das coming on for that car i think mm. we're going to see it in silverstone in a couple well, about three weeks time but i i honestly believe that there's going to be some kind can of I, gas system on that red bull can i can i just say something i what what i've been thinking and what a lot of people have been what a lot of, what they were saying on there when they were when the f1 was on right was that gas system is not making that merc car as fast as it is yeah. It, that Merc car would still be just as fast without that dad system, and it's really only to to help the help the tires and warm up the tires, and and it, that that's it's kind of what it what its main purpose is, I mm. believe. But in terms of in terms of around the track, it 
the Mercedes would still be on the pace that it is, and and, and that's that's why I think I don't know, I think that, I think it's a good idea the DAS. I think what they've done there is is they've they've thought of they've thought of a problem which they've got in the car and they've tried to fix it and they've done it in quite a, a new week and unique sorry and uh, and and actually quite an innovative way. But uh, you know we'll have to just have to see what happens with it. But yeah, yeah I personally think... I think it's a good idea to be fair. Yeah, I think Martin Brundle touched on it when he said that, you know, if you take away Dash and the Mercedes, they're not going to lose seven-tenths of a second. Yeah. Like, that's just not what's going to happen. I think you had a uh, opinion on it too, Natty. And, uh, yeah, adding on to the Red Bull protest, I read somewhere that um, another reason Red Bull were protesting is because the way that they've built their car, they wouldn't be able to implement the same Dash system that Mercedes have. So their car was built differently to Mercedes, obviously, but their like their suspension's different to the Mercedes. So that's I think another reason why Red Bull are trying to get rid of the Mercedes DAS system. But yeah, uh, it, it from my point of view, it doesn't actually give the Mercedes any extra speed. It just reduces the time it takes for the Mercedes to slow down due to tire wear and all those other issues. But um, yeah, that's that's all for me. I mean, it feels like it's just like a a luxury Mercedes are able to afford to just try out these you know, new systems and stuff. But, you know, it's down to the other teams to push the team that's been winning for the last six seasons, not down to the team at the front to stop innovating. So, you know, mm. F1's a meritocracy. It's always been like that. So I guess that, you know, we're going to... Well, I'm glad that DAS is staying on. You know, it's a good system. It works fine. And... um we are going to go straight on into the race then. So before the race, Lewis Hamilton did take a three-place grid penalty. We I'm gonna gloss over that. <laughs> We're gonna gloss over that. But I've had enough of Red Bull. Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> so I guess I had enough of Red Bull this weekend. Yeah, I've had enough. Of, I've had enough of Red Bull. <laughs> but we're gonna continue with our Lewis Hamilton theme as such and we're going to go straight to the end of the race actually it's a really um action-packed race so i think the highlights are on youtube and stuff like that but we're not talking about that uh albon and hamilton another incident between those two in a very similar fashion to brazil last year uh i'm gonna go to natty first because (laughs) i I could already hear a tiger boiling over but i'm gonna go to (laughs) I'm gonna to go to um ex Natty first for this one. Yeah. Um. Well, I the penalty. I'd start with the penalty that Hamilton was given. I think he does deserve the five second penalty, not in a harsh way, but because Albon dropped to thirteenth or and Hamilton stayed in second, he will obviously be given a penalty. If Hamilton retired or dropped to last, then maybe the penalty might not have been sent his way, but. Uh, I've heard many people say different things about the incident, that Albon should have been patient. But in Albon's mind, he is on the soft tyres. He is, but His tyres are quicker than Lewis's. He tried it round the outside of Turn 4, which if you remember, uh, Sebastian Vettel done on Lewis Hamilton a few years ago. Uh, the same corner. So he's tried it round the outside. I've heard all these things that people saying if Hamilton just slowed down, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have hit him. But obviously, we all know if he had slowed down, he would have locked up the brakes and caused probably a bigger incident. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a racing incident. But um, I, I do think Hamilton. Well, he took. He got his penalty, accepted his penalty, and I just think they should move on for the next race. Yeah, and how about you, Mister Tiger Assassin? Yeah, same thing. 
That's <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, right, I think from my point of view, what I've heard is I've had two things. Uh, I heard that uh, Lewis throttled up too early or um, that he turned out of the corner. But if you look, go back and watch the replays, okay? Lewis turns into the corner, all right? And he's still on the right-hand side. He's on more, nearly as much lock as, you know, the car will let him have, or not as much, obviously, as much as you need for that corner. But he stays mm -hmm. with the same steering lock until the contact mm -hmm. is made. So he doesn't, you know, steer to the left or anything. So that, for me, was just bogus the other one is that he throttled up too early and that caused a crash he didn't throttle up too early he only touched the throttle after the contact you can hear that in the audio of the um of the uh, of the video oh, for me yeah. what happened is that albon tried to go around the outside uh hamilton you know they both gave each other racing room but i think as albon said you know he's on the outside and there's nowhere else he can go it's up to the car on the inside if they want to crash but I haven't lucid anything, you know, intentional. He didn't turn to left or anything like that. It wasn't him being a, a sore loser or whatever the hell. I mean, what, what's happened is he's just understeered into Albon. And if you want a similar example of it, it's Japan 2019. Leclerc and Verstappen at the start mm -hmm, into yeah. turn two. Leclerc gets, you know, a wealth of understeer and just has nowhere to go and goes into Verstappen. But the FIA has showed consistency by penalising Leclerc. And they've also penalised Lewis Hamilton and they've given them more or less the same yeah. penalty. So as far as I'm concerned, moving forward, I don't really have any complaints about it. I mean, I am a Lewis Hamilton fan. I'm not going to hide away from that. But for me, it's a racing incident. But the fact is, Albon dropped from third to 13th and Lewis Hamilton stayed in second place. So you need to give a penalty for that because otherwise it's just unfair, really, isn't it? But... Moving on from the incident, we also had Sebastian Vettel not exactly covering himself in glory uh, in this race, going for a move down the inside of uh, Carlos Sainz, I think it was. It was an ex-natty move, really. <laughs> <laughs> Except I don't crash. But uh, yeah, it looked like he was spinning before he even made contact with the car in front. So mm. just uh, compounding what a difficult time he's had in that Ferrari. He said after the race he was glad to only have spun once. So <laughs> that's not always uh, it's not great news for the Ferrari guys. And I noticed with Vettel, he I don't know if it was just the Ferrari. I didn't see uh, Leclerc's point of view, but he was struggling quite a fair bit at turn three making a few lockups in both qualifying and the race. So maybe he was struggling in the Ferrari, potentially, with, with rear per grip, maybe. Per personally, can I just say what I think? I think, personally, he might, he might move, but this is a bit of a... It can be a bit of a controversial decision I'll throw out there. I think he... I think since what happened with him and Ferrari, right, Vettel, he's just he's just turned around and he's just, he's just given up. He's gone, so why, if they don't want me here, then why should I race for them? Well, that's an interesting mm. take. I don't. I wouldn't. I probably disagree. Disagree with that. I, I wouldn't say like he's fully Vettel. just turned around and given up, but I don't think he's putting a hundred percent into it because he knows he's not going to be that team next season because they don't want him there. I think if it was different circumstances and he, sorry, I think if it was different circumstances and he chosen to leave, then yeah. But if the fact that the team said the fact that the team said they didn't want him. That he's just gone and gone. So why, you know, I'm not going to put in 100 percent effort. Yeah, it's a poss possible um, implication of that. I think. Ah, it's just. Having... A... Go on. I mean, on. that uh, Ferrari looks like an absolute well dog yeah, drive. Yeah, really, really bad doesn't... to be fair. And you know, when when Vettel struggles with rear downforce, he really struggles with rear downforce. Like you saw in the days of the blown diffuser. <laughs> In you know 20, when he won all his championships, really he was you know unbeatable. But I really think he needs that 
rear end stability on the car to feel comfortable with. and he doesn't have that then it's not it's not great for him i don't think but yeah, that, that's that's Vettel, but you know, moving on to happier news, Lando Norris got his first podium. Lando so you know, Bart. mixed uh, mixed feelings for me as a Lewis Hamilton fan. Obviously, uh, my guy involved in a incident, but um, my other guy, <laughs> Lando Norris, uh, managed to get on the podium, his first podium at the same track where in F three he had a. I think some kind of mechanical failure with Sean Mattia from the lead of the race, something like that. And that first Lando Norris meme where it's just him sitting on the gravel, it gave mm-hmm. us his first podium. So there you go. <laughs> but the poetic justice there for you. All of that virtual yeah. racing paid off. <laughs> him, him, him and Leclerc both on the podium. <laughs> Lando bot, Lando bot. I mean, even both have have tried his hand at a bit I, of um, racing. I have to say that. I have to say that George Russell did really well in the actual race, though. Like he was so close to getting into Q two with that Williams, yeah. He was... And he and he didn't have a bad race. He was up into eleventh at one point in that Williams car. Yeah, that uh, the bottom three teams there seem to be really close. You know, Alpha, Haas, and Williams. Williams seem a lot closer though this year. Uh, some people even thinking that you know Alpha Romeo might be the slowest car on the grid, but in race trim, that uh, Williams did seem to be a little weaker. Then it wasn't mm. quality trim. They both, if you look at the early stages of the race, they both did fall to the back quite early on, and they kind of stayed there until the people, you know, made mistakes stuff like that. But I think it's a good sign for Williams, though, being much closer to the Q2 threshold than last season. So, you know, big ups to everyone at that particular factory. But we're going to move on from this race entirely, and we're going to go to our predictions for next week. I believe it's called the Styrian Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to go for our pole position, our top five in the race and then biggest shock uh i'll go to you tiger first for this one uh so repeat that again sorry <laughs> so we're gonna go for our pole position oh yes yes, yes. um hamilton to win i reckon he'll come back determined as he always is come back and put on a good show for us hopefully as mercedes fans um and then, uh, in terms of top five, I reckon it'll be a Mercedes 1-2 if they don't have any problems. Uh, I know they're having problems with um, with the curbs. The curbs are quite harsh on that track, actually, it looks like. So the, a lot of the teams are having problems with it. It was quite funny, actually, when... Uh, when the Mercedes, uh, when the Mercedes engineers were coming on, going telling them to stay off the curbs, and then they came, they told Valtteri to stay off the curbs, and they said to Lewis, he said stay off the curbs, but he went, well, Valtteri's doing it, so why can't I? It was like it was like two little school kids, like just you know, where the teacher comes over and it's like they're telling not to do something, and then the teacher goes away, and then you carry on doing it. It's like <laughs> it, honestly, it was quite funny to be fair. And then you know, it got serious when uh, when he came, he came on. It's like Valtteri, it's James, James. stay off the curbs <laughs> you were like oh no it's getting serious now but uh, i reckon mercedes one two then i reckon it'll be a battle between i don't i, don't, I just don't think ferrari are going to be up there again i think it might be a battle between racing point and mclaren i reckon it'll be I reckon it'll be a racing point and a mclaren battle for that top five position and red bull sorry red bull yes racing point mclaren and uh, Red Bull, it'll be. I reckon Red Bull will edge it over them two teams, though. Uh, it okay. might be one of the Red Bulls on the podium. But uh, biggest shock, uh, going with George Russell and the Williams. I reckon it, he oh, might do point. really good. Yeah, 
hopefully. Okay, potentially because he almost he almost got in the points though. So I'm not far. I mean, I'm not far off of an outrageous shock, but that would be quite shocking if he did get into the points. But we'll have to see what happens. Interesting. So, uh, Mr. X Nally G. <laughs> <laughs> uh, poll, poll. Um, I'm gonna go with Bottas. Bottas poll. It seems so, to yeah. be. It seems to be his track. I was gonna say Verstappen. But I think the Mercedes is uh, not just dominant in qualifying. So I'm going to go with Bottas. It seems to be his track. Austria obviously getting pole in the past three races, I think. And top five. Um, I reckon, well, we didn't actually see any crashes in the race. When I say crashes, terminal damage, like incidents between two drivers, if you know what I mean. Uh, so I think we're going to have a few crashes in this race. And so my top five are going to be Lewis. I reckon Mercedes will want him to win the championship. Bit of a shock. Verstappen and Bottas to crash. Ooh. So I'm saying Leclerc and Albon on the podium. Oh, With bold. Lando <laughs> and Sainz in fourth and fifth. Ooh. And the biggest shock, um, this doesn't actually relate, this doesn't actually fit with my top five, but I can have many as many predictions as I want because it's any predictions. But the biggest shocks for me will be if Ferrari have pace. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, so for pole position, I'm going to go for Bossas for the exact same reasons as ex Natty just said. But top five in the race, this is what gets interesting. I'm going to go. Perez, fifth. Norris, fourth. Verstappen, third. Bottas, second. Hamilton, first. And I got two shocks. Two biggest shocks. I mean, first shock, Ferrari won't get two cars into Q3. That's my first first one. Uh, second one is Albon will retire again. So there you go. Those are my <laughs> predictions for uh, the Styrian Grand Prix. Can I put a shock? Take... Can I put another shock in there? Sure. Perez not. gets on the podium. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> Perez gets on the podium. He, well. You know, he was looking really quick in that racing point, though. Yeah, I think the medium tires just fell away from him at the end. Yeah, yeah, but he was right. looking really quick in that. But anyway, thank you both of you guys. Lovely to have you here all of the time and in. Most of my casual life as well. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's going to be the end of episode nine. Uh, if you would like to be involved on, in the podcast uh, for the coming weeks uh, for driver interviews, I know next week we are going to have Mr. Atom Grenon, your third place driver in the Super League. He will be on next week and also my future teammate, all things going well in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Depending uh, on what F1 2020 is like. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, if you would like to see any of the videos for any of the races that have happened this week, they will be in the Gambra Racing YouTube channel, which should be in the bottom, in the one on the left-hand corner, unless I've done something very stupid. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's going to bring to an end episode nine, everybody. It's been a pleasure having you all here, all of our regular listeners and all of our new people who are just picking up the podcast now. But signing off, this has been me, Tisano208. Me, Tiger Assassin. And me, ex Natty G. And we will see you all next week. Goodbye.